go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. I'm Hal Bryan and I'm EAA's Senior Editor for Digital Content and Publications. And we're doing another episode with the uh, original team. So normally, sitting right next to me on my left, it would be... I'm Chris Henry, the EAA Aviation Museum Programs Coordinator. At all of us coming uh, coming to you from a series of undisclosed locations in a crazy pandemic world, then uh, he's usually across the table, but now I suspect he is uh, northwest of me. It is Tom Sharpentier, Government Relations Director. Well, cool. So we're doing another sort of uh, hanger flying kind of episode. We had uh, we've had so much fun doing the movies and TV shows. We've done a few episodes of those. Uh, we had a great time doing the uh, museums episodes, so this time we're going to turn our attention uh, to some of our favorite favorite airports, uh, sort of, you know, those good sort of heart and soul GA kind of airports uh, uh, that we've uh, we've experienced one way or another. Now, um, uh, we had been laughing when we talked about this a little bit uh, that when we do uh, when we do a list of books, when we do a list of movies and TV shows, when we do a list of museums, uh, number one, we all come in with these great notes. And then we end up with time to talk about a third of them. And then we've got people out there who say, well, what about this one? What about that one? And we love that feedback. We love the stories that come in because everybody's always cool about it. They understand you can only do so much. But the the joke was is that uh, this episode, we will just sit and, and list all 17,000 uh, <laughs> public use airports in the United States. And then maybe maybe part two, we'll do you know the other what thirty some thousand in the rest of the world. We'll just name them off, and then uh, and then that way um, uh, nobody will be missed and nobody will be happy. Like today, we're just going to do Class C airspace. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what oh, I love yeah. about these how is every one of these, like the movies, um, you know, and in the airports, I'm sure it's going to go the same way. Is we always sat down and we're like, gee, do we really have enough to fill an entire, you know, episode of one of these? And then we always end up with like, well, we're gonna have to do a part two. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. So many part favorites. Two through seven and, <laughs> yeah. and everything else. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick things off um, and uh, let's start sort of uh, sort of closer to home. Now, the three of us come from different parts of the country and have different experiences uh, all around, but. Uh, Let's start here in the Midwest and just kind of round robin, sort of work our way out. So, Tom, why don't you kick it off? Uh, give me one of your favorite, uh, one of your favorite Midwest airports. Sure. Well, um, obviously, we all uh, we all know and love Whitman Regional Airport here in uh, here in Oshkosh, which yes. uh, you know a lot of people don't get to experience during the other fifty one weeks of the year. But it's a uh, you know it's a very vibrant uh, little GA airport. Um, I guess it's kind of unique in that you know we have this giant runway layout that. Um, you know, in in many ways serves the needs of the tenants here at the airport, but also in other ways, uh, you know, uniquely serves the needs of EAA. Um, so it's a, it's a very big airport for uh, um, for what it is, uh, and that's kind of neat. But um, uh, but yeah, kind of going a little farther afield of uh, of Oshkosh is um, uh, Iola, Wisconsin. Um, and that is 63 Charlie, if I remember correctly. Um, Iola um, Central County Airport. Uh, is a little grass strip about 20 miles, 30 miles maybe northwest of uh, of Oshkosh, um, and that has three grass runways, including one that actually has a parallel grass taxiway, um, and 
plenty of space to park your airplanes. They even have a little bit of a, a campsite with a uh, with a fire ring and uh, um, some, some showers that are available and stuff like that. So you can actually come in and camp. Um, but it is uh, the absolute epitome of a grassroots airport. Uh, and the really neat thing that they do at Iola is uh, every Friday they host a lunch for members of the GA community as well as members of the classic car community uh, locally. Um, and just fly in there, uh, pay a couple bucks for lunch, and on a good day in the summer, uh, you'll see, I think their record is somewhere north of 80 airplanes. So that's like a really, really amazing annual fly-in that we get to do every uh, every week up here. That place really is so much fun. Uh, like you said, multiple grass runways. And, and number one, when you when you tell me that your, your airstrip or your airport has a grass runway, uh, you know, I'm already sold. When you tell me it has more than one, then I just, you know, I swoon a little bit. That's so cool. And they've got their, uh, you know, their big open sort of hangar style clubhouse. And there's a million airplane models hanging from the ceiling and pictures all around and all kinds of cool history. And, you know, a great cast of characters. The food is always amazing. Um, now, one thing that, uh, you know, Tommy and I had talked about this before, and we've, we've both been up there many times. Um, in order uh, for them to, to make this work and to serve food without necessarily... Uh, having to call themselves a restaurant, um, you know, they're still, they still have uh, regulations to adhere to and everything, of course. But uh, basically, you join the, uh, is it, was it the Central County Sport Flyers? I think it's the it, Central County Flyers Association. Yes, that's what it is. Central County Flyers Association. And a lifetime membership is something like uh, $11. And uh, so you get there, you show your membership card, and then you are part of the social club and you can, you can eat. And it's, uh, boy, it's, uh, it's well worth it. You still pay for the lunch. Um, but just a, just a blast is to go up there, see what kind of airplanes come in. You mentioned classic cars being a big thing up there. One of the biggest, uh, car shows in the country, if not the biggest is actually held up there in Iola, kind of out of the way, out of the way spot. And, uh, um, that culture pervades year round. And I, I think so many of us who love airplanes can appreciate, uh, you know, cars and motorcycles and other vintage machinery too. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the uh, Central County Flyers Association. I believe under Wisconsin law, if you're in a social club, it has to have some kind of a common purpose. So in order to join the Central County Flyers Association, you must um, attest that you um, are dedicated to the promotion of general aviation. That is something that I don't think any of us would have any trouble doing. <laughs> you know, I, I'm willing to go on record and say, yes, I think we can, uh, I think we can manage that. Uh so, uh, Chris, how about you? What do, what do you got in the Midwest you like? So, I'm going to turn slightly south and talk about the Fond du Lac Airport. Um, you know, Fond du Lac Airport, uh, I just spent a couple days at it uh, a couple weeks ago because they let us stage the Huey there as we were moving our, our new addition into the museum. And, hey, I didn't realize how busy that little airport is. Uh, that We had a couple of really nice clear days, and... Um, I was blown away. That was a that was a busier uh, airport those few days I was there. But what really stands out for me is the early trips when I would come from Pennsylvania to here. You know, Fond du Lac was the first sort of sign that something was different. You were heading towards something great. You know, you're you're coming up 41. It's just on the left side of 41, and like you'd go by this normal general aviation looking airport, and there'd be like a hell diver sitting next to the road. Um, <laughs> so you knew that like. Well, that's not normal, you know, and there'd be a Corsair there or something. And, you know, it was it was basically the overflow for the show. And uh, they basically had their own air show down there. I mean, you could just walk around looking at some of the cool planes just, just parked down there, uh, either, you know, selling rides or waiting their turn to get into the field here in Oshkosh. And uh, 
but it was always at first, like, I remember it, it was probably pretty dangerous because we would always, like, strain our heads uh, uh, and probably not pay as close attention to the road as we should when we're passing Fond du Lac Airport just to just to see what was out and what was there. And it really, really helped peak the excitement of closing out a 10-hour trip to come to Oshkosh. Yeah, that's really... Uh... Uh, that's really funny, the landmarks that we have, uh, you know, before, because all of us are transplants to Wisconsin and transplants to, to Oshkosh and EAA. And, uh, but we, you know, we'd all, uh, we'd all uh, been before, at least I, Tom, you, you had been to Oshkosh before you started working, hadn't you, or had you? Uh, no, I had never. Um, oh, okay. The first time so, I had ever been, to, gosh, the first time I'd ever been to Wisconsin was when they brought me out here for an interview. And uh, the first air venture I ever worked was, uh, or the first air venture I ever attended was the was the first one I worked. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. For some reason, I, I thought you'd you'd been able to get out here, but but uh, anyway, I have those little landmarks too. You know, I've lived here for eleven years now, and still, and uh, we would often stay up in Appleton. So the Appleton Airport for me, you know, it's 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 not a super active GA airport. There's GA activity, but it's more of a regional hub. But uh, just seeing that place, and then a couple of the highway signs, even driving home uh, from that area still remind me, oh, that's right, you know, I'm just going to come up on the Oshkosh grounds, I'm going to come around the corner and see all the airplanes in the North 40 and all that kind of cool stuff. So those things really stick with you. That's awesome. The The Sabre next, next to the road was always the, you yes. made it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're here, you made it. And, oh, absolutely. Okay, so, uh, um, you know, looking at my notes, uh, there's one airplane I was going to talk, or excuse me, one airport I was going to talk about uh, up further north on uh kind of the, the finger or the thumb of Wisconsin, but I know Tom wants to talk about that one. So I'm going to leave that one for him. I'm going to go the other direction and uh, mention uh, Broadhead, uh, Broadhead, Wisconsin, the home of the, uh, uh, the annual Pete and Pole fly-in, usually a week before uh, Air Venture on a normal year, and uh, also home to uh, uh, terrific uh, antique and classic fly-in, uh, usually in the fall. Um, one, of those, uh, one of those airports, another one with multiple grass runways, uh, fantastic, uh, vibrant, active EAA chapter. Um, but I'm drawing a blank on the number. I want to say 437, but I could be very wrong. So apologies if I've got that wrong off the top of my head. But uh, an airport where you go down to the fly-in and you see, you know, just beautiful uh, vintage airplanes one after another. And then the fun part is you start walking the hangar rows. And even when there's not a fly-in, there's always a few hangar doors open and I guarantee you there is something fascinating inside every single one of those hangars. Yeah, it's, it's a really neat um, uh, little grass airport and a uh, very, very nice runway there, too. Uh, and um, the, the, the fly-ins they hold are, uh, are really, really special. I, I, um, I actually had the chance to go to the Pete and Pole fly-in, which is rare for an EA employee because it's the week before Air Venture, weekend before Air Venture. Yeah, what, um, you but, weren't busy, Tom? I mean, well, you, the, no, the rest of us were working, remember. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, uh, so at the time I worked in membership and we had to take shifts that weekend. So I had Saturday off and yeah. uh, I was able to get down there. Um, so uh, that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty special. It's just it was kind of like a little tiny micro Oshkosh, but for one specific type of airplane. And that was that was really, really neat. I still uh, Pete and Paul still on my list of if I built an airplane uh, that that might be uh, pretty close to the top of uh, what I'd want. Yeah, I mean, people have been in love with them for almost a hundred years, if you can believe that. Yeah, Pete and Paul's been around that long, but you know, it still it still works. Physics hasn't yeah, changed. 
And Hal, if you're going to mention Broadhead, you obviously got to mention uh, the antique airfield in Blakesburg, Iowa, especially with uh, Robert Taylor's uh, recent passing. Absolutely. The Antique uh, Airplane Association uh, founded in 53, just a few months after EAA and um, you know, who, what Paul Poveresny is to us at EA, Bob Taylor uh, was to that movement. And those two were great friends uh, for many, many years. And the, the Blakesburg fly-in there at Antique Airfield in Iowa is, uh, is absolutely a slice of heaven. Um, it's a compliment to Broadhead's uh, Antique Fly-in when I say Broadhead feels like a, um, kind of like a slightly smaller Blakesburg. Um, but Blakesburg is just the place for, uh, for antiques and classics. Uh, if, if you know, if you're not looking for you know an air show and exhibitors and and sort of that whole that whole big experience, if you just want to go and plop your lawn chair in the grass and watch beautiful airplanes come and go, or do some flying yourself, you know, look at people's airplanes up close. It is a absolute slice of heaven. And I think the um, uh, the organizers of both of those events would probably want uh, us to tell our, uh, our our audience that both of those events, for various reasons, are are invitation only. Um, but you can uh, uh, find instructions for how to receive an invitation on the websites for the respective right. events. Bearing in mind that both Tom and I have been to both of these events, uh, it's clear that it's not hard to get an invitation. Yeah, yeah, their standards are pretty low. <laughs> their standards, <laughs> or at least they're forgiving. Now, Tom, I, I uh, before we get to Chris's next one, I, I kind of set you up a minute ago. Uh, talk about an airport we both have a fondness for, uh, straight north on the lake. Yep. Yeah. So um, uh, I'll get into my uh, my part of the country in a little bit here. But as a uh, as a native New Englander, I always love the uh, the little the little islands and the and the island airports and uh, uh, Washington Island um, at the very tip of Door County, Wisconsin is uh, is a very neat little uh, gem of a, of an island and an airport. There's a little uh, grass strip up there with with two uh, two grass runways and a very very friendly um, caretaking staff. Uh, and some great options for transportation around the island, too. There are courtesy bicycles, and there's also a delightful uh, yellow courtesy van uh, <laughs> that you can, uh, you can drive, around the, uh, drive around the island. It's just a neat little island. There's a, there's a Scandinavian gift shop um, that's, uh, that's pretty neat. There's a, there's a beautiful, beautiful stone beach um there's uh, some great restaurants uh, on the island it's just really neat um it's also uh the jumping off point for one of my favorite state parks in wisconsin uh, rock island state park is just to the north of washington island uh, you can only access it by a passenger only ferry um, and there's basically backpack in camping uh, on the island so if you can figure out the logistics for that that could make for a really really neat weekend uh, it's such a such a fun place such a terrific place and and you just you never feel so welcome in my opinion as you do at a at a uh, at a small friendly uh, friendly airport like that uh, so uh, Chris why don't you give us one more in the Midwest and then we'll maybe transition to uh, go a little bit further afield with our uh, with some of our backgrounds well I think I would probably get in trouble if I didn't mention uh, what I considered for a long time my home airport which was Elkhart Indiana um, I was an air traffic controller there, um, so literally if I don't mention it, I probably won't be welcome back. Um, home of EA Chapter 132, and uh, it, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, people always asked, you know, about, you know, what I, what I like to go work in an airport that uh, was busier or bigger, you know, like a LaGuardia or something, and man, not, no. <laughs> this was, uh, to me, really cool. It, it, um, it was, you know, it was a Class D airport. 
Uh, we had about 100 operations a day, um, but you've got uh, you had two uh, two main paved runways, one really big runway, uh, a runway uh, um, 927, and then we had 1836, and then we had a, a, a grass strip. And I remember my first day, uh, literally one of my first questions was, cool, you have a grass airstrip, how often does that get used? Thinking that maybe that was like some sort of special occasion, um, you know, maybe there was like an air show or something there, or I'm not sure why they had a grass airstrip. Uh, and then literally they put me on the radio and my first airplane was a steerman that landed in the grass. <laughs> and uh, Chuck Marshall uh, doesn't let me forget that that was him. And uh, um, everybody just kind of looked at me like, yeah, you, you use it a lot. <laughs> so, um, but I loved it. On a clear day, you could see it in Michigan. Um, I once told somebody that, you know, you felt, you felt like part of uh, the actual community like it uh i don't know you just felt like part of like like a cool train set or something like that you know it was a a fantastic place uh super cool uh uh uh, courtesy car when i left it was an el camino um so uh i mean you know you got style there and uh but you had uh, nothing with putting that car there I had nothing to do with that. No, like one day they came in and it, it, it does seem like I would, doesn't it? But uh, yeah. uh, it arrived after I got there. It was a blue El Camino. I have a picture of it from the tower, I think. And, um, you know, they were like, yeah, it's our courtesy car. And it was, you know, I never got to drive it, but uh, it was pretty cool. But uh, um, neat airport, though, and really supportive uh, of, of general aviation and flight training and um, you know, I had fun. People would do their cross countries, and they'd have to come to the tower so I could sign their logbook that they were, you know, that they had indeed done a cross country. So, um, yeah, I enjoy. I I I always love the, the the smaller airports. That's uh, interesting too. That it's not all that common to see a uh, uh, grass runway as part of a controlled uh, controlled airport. Yeah, it was parallel cool. on our uh, on our east west. It was. Uh, um, it was really neat, but, uh, um, yeah, I, it, it, we had, we did have an air show. I shouldn't say an air show. It was a clinic where they would bring in, uh, uh, we probably get about 30 or 40 like airplanes, a lot of T6s, um, steermen, and then we'd get like Corsairs, Avengers and stuff like that. And, um, it was a lot of fun to, to, to work the air show. And, that's uh, right. Is that where they get formation carded before they come to Oshkosh? So that's, uh, that's one of the places I think... I don't want to. Uh, I guess I'm going to venture a guess, but there is another place, uh, and what they would do is they would, a lot of times they would do this this meetup, and then they would leave Elkhart, um, and and go to wherever this other place is. I, I just can't remember what airport it was that they would get their car. Now, um, the 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 thing that we did that was open to the community, and everything that was in the fall. It was after AirVenture. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember it was in the fall because we had the, uh, I'll tell a quick story. It's kind of funny. We had the, uh, the Goodyear blimp, uh, there because, uh, we were just outside of Notre Dame and, uh, the Notre Dame games, of course, were, were happening and the Goodyear blimp would be there to cover it. And they had a flower bombing contest and, um, they had a briefing where everybody got their flower sacks and they were going to go up and do the flower bombing and stuff. And the blimp guy stole a flower sack and didn't tell anybody. And I'm in the tower and I clear them to take off. They're going to head over to South Bend. And they're like, can we, uh, you know, can we take the runway for a minute? And I'm like, well, you're okay. Uh, so the blimp just kind of moseys over to the runway 
Uh, and the guy opens up a window and just drops a flower bomb onto the bullseye. And then off they, they did a max performance takeoff, you know, at like 35 miles an hour and then just uh, headed off to South Bend. So they won the uh, flower bombing contest that year. So. It might be the uh, the first uh, bombing raid by a dirigible since 1918. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty great. But uh, it was a fun airport. I mean, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, I, I just want to point out something that my wife brought up uh uh, it's her fault is we we love when we do a lot of big road trips we do um especially if we're not crushed for time you know you're driving down the road we've all been on a road trip where you see a sciences airport and you're like oh i wonder what airport that is you know we've made it a point to try to take those little side trips to to check them out and, and sometimes you're pleasantly surprised um she spoiled uh her first time doing that it was her idea she wanted to do that uh, we took the side trip and there was a p51 sitting at the pumps uh, getting fuel and I'm like okay not every airport has a p51 uh, sitting at the fuel pumps just waiting to get checked out you know but uh, um, but I encourage you to do that because sometimes you meet some really cool people you never know what you're going to discover as far as an airplane sitting out there or, or even in the EA chapter or something like that so it's always worth that little side trip absolutely that's one of my most fun things to do if I'm if I am road tripping instead of uh, uh, instead of flying or if you fly somewhere and then then you've got a car and you're cruising around to explore you always got to check out whatever airport you come across. Uh, now, I keep saying we're going to leave the Midwest, but we got to just say a quick hello. We got to pour one out or whatever the appropriate phrase would be uh, to uh, the dearly departed Megsfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just an instant Cry. of uh, somber <laughs> silence here. And and uh, I don't think we need to get into the, the nitty gritty, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a very cool airport that uh, we all sure wish was still uh, was still around. Definitely. Okay. Well, shifting gears a little bit, um, I want to tell you guys about uh, an airport that was uh, my home field for quite a few years uh, before I, I moved to Oshkosh and started working at EA, and that was out in Washington State, but east of Seattle, northeast of Seattle, uh, in Snohomish, Washington, a place called Harvey Field, uh, Sierra 43. And uh, Harvey is one of those uh, places, number one, the, the Harvey family uh, owned and ran the FBO there uh, forever. Um, and it's this, uh, it's a little airport that has everything. It's got hard surface runway, got a grass runway right next to it. Um, it's right on a river. Uh, it's uh, pretty close to the foothills of the Cascade Mountains. So you get all this great scenery. Uh, it's also just a little, just about due east of uh, Payne Field in Everett, Washington. So the Boeing plant and stuff is there and, and at the time, some great, uh, great museums and things just a, a few minutes away. But Harvey's one of those airports where uh, no matter what, whether you, whether you go in and, and sit down at the restaurant and eat, uh, you know, sit outside on their picnic benches and stuff, or you just go down and hang out in a hangar or, or grab an airplane and go fly. It's just, it has personality and you feel it the second you show up. Um, on any given day, there'd be, uh, you know, a ton of uh, antiques and classics, uh, somebody test flying the new home built. There's some flight training going on. Um, there's usually balloon operations early in the morning, late in the evening, and then skydiving operations going on the whole time. There's always something to watch, always something to see, always somebody fun to talk to. And uh, a very active EAA chapter uh, that's, uh, of course, right there, uh, right there on the field. Um, it really does have, uh, it really does have a bit of everything. That sounds really neat. That sounds like a really cool I, place. I love those little airports that just have, yeah, just just uh, 
a little bit of everything for everyone. Yeah, and and so much fun, like I said, to, um, you know, not only sort of go there with the purpose of well, getting an airplane out and I'm going to go fly, but saying, well, I'm just going to go have lunch at the uh, airport. We're going to sit outside and take our time and, you know, watch airplanes and balloons and skydivers for a while. Stuff it's just just a, a good, solid place. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, as much as I, I love and have uh, been, become fully Wisconsinized, certainly something I miss about uh, about living in that part of the country. Oh, for sure. That's, it's that's it's, really it's beautiful territory out there. All right. Well, Tom, take us uh, take us back to uh, New England. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. So um, I've alluded to it several times on on, uh, on various episodes, and if you could uh, and if you couldn't tell already from my uh, uh, fast pace of diction and uh, occasional interrupting of the rest of you guys, I am from the northeastern part of the United States. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I've got I've got a couple on my list. Um, I, I'd maybe like to start um, closest to my home uh, in um, in central Connecticut, uh, and that is the Goodspeed Airport in East Haddam, Connecticut. Um, it's right on the banks of the Connecticut River, uh, just south of this beautiful historic um, uh, swing bridge um, on the river. And if you like musical theater. Um, you could have a very nice little weekend flying into that airport. Uh, just to the north of the runway is the famous Goodspeed Opera House, um, which has a full schedule of off-Broadway productions uh, every, um, every year. And it's also known as the um, original debut venue for Annie and Shenandoah before they both went to Broadway. So it's a very famous um, musical theater venue, um, great restaurants in the area and stuff like that. And it's just a really neat uh, little airport um, that, uh, that you could fly into. So that's Goodspeed Airport 42 Bravo uh, in East Haddam, Connecticut. And for anybody who says there's no culture on the green dot, I, I give you a <laughs> slice of musical theater history. So, so, uh, so take that, uh, non-existent critics who've never complained about such a thing. <laughs> well, we've added that to our repertoire. Absolutely, <laughs> ever expanding. We're just, uh, we're just a trio of Renaissance men here talking away. Unless you go to actually like eat somewhere with Tom, and they eat sea creatures and stuff that you have to break with a hammer. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> we uh, we all have our our characteristics we have our <laughs> our uh, our foibles and our virtues so uh so chris another uh, uh another favorite from uh, from where you hail so i i guess my home airport uh which would have been uh, beaver uh, county airport uh bvi was the identifier we used to joke and call it beaver valley international um but uh <laughs> It was uh, it was actually the home of my first tower that I got checked out in, and my uh, all my flight training was done there, and um, just uh, that was the I, to me that was the airport. When people said we're going to the airport, you know Pittsburgh Airport, of course, is, uh, was just there right right outside of there. But uh, um, this was the airport you can actually go do stuff. There was a great uh, aviation museum called Air Heritage. It's still there. They're the ones that operate a a C-123, and they've done some uh, different restorations. Um, but that's that's where I got, you know, my first sort of start in aviation and uh, uh, volunteered at that museum, started out when I was like 12, and hung out at that uh, that airport. And it's a single runway. It's uh, 4,510 feet. Uh, that's probably burned into my brain from, from school. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, I think any port, airport is special 
when you have so many firsts at it like that, I mean, you know, your first flight training, your first tower you're checked out in, no matter where you go in life, that home airport's always going to just have a special feeling. And the, uh, the the people were amazing. It was my first job in aviation. I was working line service uh, at a place called ProFlight. And uh, what I always loved about that, and it was um, it was my first job, real aviation. Well, it was my first aviation job. You know, I'd, I'd had a job before that in like a, like, you know, a gas station and, and groceries and stuff. But um, this was the first job I had where people actually enjoyed what they were doing. <laughs> um, and... Uh, it was really cool because, you know, you'd work till, I don't know, 7 o'clock, you know, when the sun started going down. And, um, you know, we nobody went home. We'd roll out a grill, start grilling some burgers and hot dogs. We'd throw football around the ramp and stuff with everybody. And, you know, because you were literally, you know, those were your friends. You spent so much time together that, that you know, those were your friends and, and almost a, a second family. And, um, you know, it, on a nice day, it wasn't weird to just stay and hang out and, and uh, so uh, Gene and Maureen uh, uh, Schumacher owned that, and uh, um, it was just a great place. It was a great, great place to, to to get my start in aviation. And and Beaver County Airport's uh, still uh, going strong. And uh, um, if you get a chance, you're in the area, and you're you're heading north of Pittsburgh. It's a good place to check out. Uh, that's cool. It is it is amazing, isn't it? There's attachments that we form, and you know, there's that. Uh, it's kind of a tired uh, cliche, but it's still absolutely true about you know about airports how a you know a mile of road takes you a mile a mile of runway takes you takes you anywhere and i think we all feel uh something different when we when you spot an airport and you know if i'm flying commercial and i'm looking out the window i'm always looking for airports especially smaller ones of course you know flying ga you might be going to smaller airports or keeping an eye on them for emergency landings or something like that and then as we said earlier just driving around when you when you're exploring a new area and you find uh, you find some some airport big or small, um, it's uh, I just feel better. I just I'm always happy to see uh, to see an airport and see a runway. Yeah, and so, the people that are generally at those airports are there because they want to be there, right? You know, they're they're that's their enjoyment. So I mean, I I think that's another reason why there's just so many positive interactions of people yeah. is they're. You know, that's their happy place. <laughs> so that's a that's a fantastic point because you see all these things, you know, even pre pandemic, but even but especially now about, you know, the miseries of flying and how terrible it is to fly and how much we hate going on airplanes and stuff. And they're talking about uh, you know, the 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 TSA sort of sitting in coach airline experience, which, you know, can be frustrating and can be unpleasant and things like that. But I see those headlines and I, I instantly recoil and then I have to remember, okay, they're not talking about the kind of flying that I'm talking about. They're not talking about that and that, you know, they're they're talking about the people who, you know, maybe wouldn't under any circumstances choose to have the airport experience that they're having of waiting in line and cramming together and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you go out to a nice, uh, quiet, thriving, whatever, GA airport, you, you nailed it. The people that are there, they're because they want to be there and uh, and those are good and fun people to be around. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure. I'm sure you do, because um, I think we're uh, all cut from somewhat the same mold here. But uh, um, yeah, I still, I'll still catch myself on a, on a kind of a slow night if there's nothing going on. Um, you know, we'll still go out and just kind of hang out, and watch airplanes at, at Whitman Field. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of therapeutic to just even be around the thing. You know. Absolutely. You know, we're spoiled rot. My wife and I bought a house and uh, and moved about eight eight nine months ago. 
and we're pretty close to the uh, approach end of 3-6. And so, you know, we, we hear airplane noise all the time and, you know, run outside when it sounds like it's something... Well, I would say when it sounds like something cool, by which I mean it's flying. So we you know, <laughs> run outside and look at everything. And my wife has flight aware open all the time. And, you know, we hear an engine noise and run out to see what it is. And she's telling me what it is before I've had a chance to identify it. But but I'm good with that. I'm cool with that. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, actually. That's um, awesome. <clears throat> okay. Another few airports to talk about. Um, Back uh, uh, my old stomping grounds for much of my life, the Pacific Northwest, we talked about Harvey Field up in Snohomish. have to say a quick mention to uh, 5-1 Whiskey Alpha, Evergreen Sky Ranch. Uh, that's a, a private airstrip, 2,600 feet of grass with a nice little forest at each end that uh, uh, is an air park. And that's, uh, that's where I lived from age 8 to 18. My uh, dad is still out there in the family home and uh, he's got great neighbors a lot of uh, it's a close knit community and a lot of uh, a lot of cool activity happens out there for a for a nice cozy small air park. Um, but I've got to say that one of the one of the coolest things uh, about flying in and around the Pacific Northwest, like when I was flying out of Harvey there in Snohomish, is the number of crazy different destinations that were really close. Like I could take off out of Harvey with my wife and we could go east and fly over the Cascade Mountains, which is a stunningly beautiful flight. And then land in kind of the arid high desert, uh, you know, an hour later uh, in Yakima, home of Cub Crafters and, and uh, the McAllister Museum there at the Yakima uh, Airport. And that's that's where my in-laws live. So we'd go see them, that kind of thing. We go the other direction, then we could go and island hop around the San Juans. And I remember a really memorable trip when we did that. We went from, uh, let's see if I remember the order properly, uh, we went from Snohomish. I know we went to uh, Roach Harbor and Orcas Island and Friday Harbor and back. And I may have that order wrong. I'd have to go back and look at my logbook or look at the chart and see what makes sense. But we did this round robin thing where we took off in the morning and uh, stopped and looked around. And then the next stop, we had lunch. And then the next stop, just did some more looking around and sightseeing and came back. We did this whole trip in, you know, five or six hours, uh, you know, out and back, including all of our time on the ground. And otherwise, uh, some of those destinations are only available or accessible rather by ferry. And when you, uh, when I looked at, you know, Seattle North, even North Seattle traffic, which is pretty famously bad, and the ferry times and the wait times and everything else and what it would have taken, it would have taken us something like eight to ten hours just to get to our first stop. And there was no feasible, wow. possible way to do what we did, in you know, in inside of a day like a six hour chunk of a day there'd be no way to do that in uh in one day much less a weekend uh especially if you wanted to spend any time anywhere and taking into account that well you probably have to sleep and everything else so being able to fly to all these beautiful little airports like friday harbor you come in uh you know the numbers are right on the water and you know you land and park and you know walk into town walk around and there's, you know, there's three people that will fall all over themselves to try to loan you their car if you uh, if you need to drive <laughs> anywhere. Um, uh, there's uh, uh, at least at that time, and I think the airplane has since sold. But there was a guy there with a travel air who was constantly busy hopping rides in and around. And those islands are basically, you know, little forested mountains sticking up out of the water. Uh, and I remember how there's hundreds and hundreds of islands there in the San Juans. And it was so much fun just to be able to hop from one to the next to the next and see things that otherwise would take all kinds of planning 
And, you know, even though the distances were short, the logistics of getting there any other way by an airplane or, you know, possibly a boat, uh, no offense, Tom, um, were just all but impossible. Uh, no offense taken. And, and I think that's, <laughs> I, I know we, we're, we're kind of having a, and I'm going to add a couple of islands too. I, 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 I guess we have kind of this island theme going between you and I and the, the two, uh, the two ends of the country. Right. Um, but, um, the, but, but there is something kind of, it, kind of exclusive feeling, you know, about, about flying into a small island community that doesn't really see much traffic because it's such a hassle to get to. Um, so that's, uh, that, that's, that, that is kind of neat. That's a ton of fun. Have, Either of you guys been to, uh, I can't remember, been to uh, Mackinac Island? Not yet. I want no. to. It's on my hit list. Yeah, that's very much on my list, too. That's another one that uh, um, is is a, a, a great sort of GA destination. Uh, if you kind of work your way, you know, up around the top of Lake Michigan and then hop out, uh, hop out there. And I've mentally made that trip many times. And so one of these days... Um, you know, maybe as, uh, as the world gets back to normal and, and travel becomes a little bit more, uh, a little bit easier and a little less restrictive, I go up there for a night or something and, uh, beautiful old world, uh, resort. And, uh, if I remember there's no cars on the Island or maybe no motor vehicles on the Island, except for the airplanes at the airport. No motorized vehicles of any kind, and I know this because I talked to somebody who had their motorized folding bicycle confiscated when they flew in there, so be careful. (laughs) They they take that seriously. Oh, that's that's cool. Oh, Chris, you you, uh, got anything else out uh, toward Pennsylvania you want to talk about or anywhere else in the world or the country? Sure, there's there's two that I really want to call out. Uh, one was uh, straight up just a flight for fun that we would do, um, and I'm hoping the rest, you know, the restaurant is still there. I, I think it is, but we would uh, take off out of Beaver County. We'd head to uh, Carroll County Airport. It's the Carroll County Tolson Airport. TSO is the identifier. Uh, go hungry because they had this this restaurant, and I don't even know if the restaurant served other food, but they made these amazing pies. Um, and literally, that's the only thing I've ever eaten there. I mean, I because the pies were so big, um, but they had the, they were homemade. And literally, if somebody found out you were going to Carroll County, and I'm sure you guys experienced this, the pie orders would come in. Of here's what you need to bring back. You know, you, we need a, a you know a couple slices of chocolate, a couple slices of like rhubarb pie or something, and and uh, it was. Uh, a fun, a fun little trip to take. It was just over in Ohio, and uh, uh, great, a great restaurant. Like I said, I don't even know if they serve real food. Uh, they probably have amazing food, but their <laughs> their pies are are literally uh, to die for. I mean, you would go in and you'd see airplanes from like all around the place. I mean, not local. These guys would make trips in just to get this pie. It was pretty cool. Isn't that fantastic? I Absolutely love. And the other one I was going to mention, and since I'm 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 spurting off uh, airports here. Uh, was heading over to Akron and to Akron uh, Fulton Airport um, simply because they have the air docks, the original air docks from where the Goodyear Blimp uh, would be based. Um, And you could see them for miles. I mean, there's these giant hangars on steroids. Um, So when you're flying there, it's about 50 nautical miles, almost almost exact, I I believe, from from Beaver uh, County. And um, but you could see them on the horizon for forever, so it's it, uh, it, it just incredible. But this is where they actually built 
uh, and housed the Goodyear blimps. Uh, they do have a different place now. Um, during the war, this place actually manufactured F4U Corsairs. Um, but uh, really, really cool place to check out. You can Google it um, just so you can get an idea how big this hangar is, but it's a, a massive blimp hangar that you can see for miles and just kind of a cool piece of local history out there. That is so cool. You know, the, uh, I was uh, born in California. I lived most of my life out in Washington before coming here to Wisconsin, but was born in California and uh, um, spent some time at, uh, we had an airplane at San Carlos Airport and there's other places down there, but uh, Moffett Field was always a, was oh, always a big yeah. deal. And it's a uh, um, uh, sort of open, I think it's open sort of public use airport now that's, uh, but part of it is still leased, uh, leased and managed by NASA. Um, it was a naval air station, or at least naval station, for for quite a long time. Um, and uh, their airship hangars, uh, it's a it's a similar sort of thing. You see these structures uh, for miles and miles and miles before you have you know even any idea what it is you're what it is you're looking at and what you're going to see when you get there. Absolutely, they're really neat. I mean, in you know. They're big Art Deco pieces of history, right? So, Tom, throw us uh, throw us another one somewhere somewhere in this great world of ours. Sure. Well, um, you know, it's funny. You, you guys have been mentioning your uh, your home airports and just kind of some cool airport communities. I've been mostly been mentioning kind of destination places, and I'll get back to that in just a second. But I, I'd certainly be remiss if I didn't talk about. Um, you know, the reason why I'm a pilot was was Fitchburg Airport uh, in central Massachusetts. So that I was, um, I think I've said it several times in um, on various shows. I was living in Boston at the time, and uh, uh, I took the uh, I would take the commuter rail out there on uh, on weekends. And um, my flight instructor would pick me up from the North Lemonster train station, and uh, and take me out there to the uh, to the airport to uh, to train for a few hours every uh, every weekend. Um, but uh, but also, you know, if you if you would like a, to take a trip to Boston and you'd like a quieter airport than some of the inner ones to uh, to fly into uh, the nice advantage to it is that that rail line is there so you can just get a get a quick uber over there uh, and um, and take the train into town um, and that's a, that's a nice place to go into um, so so yeah, that's that's Fitchburg, uh, Foxtrot India Tango. By the way, I um, I missed the identify. I think I said 63 Charlie for Iola. Before anybody corrects me in the comments, 68 Charlie for Iola. Um, I was going to ask Ty to edit that like, with some really bad sort of text to speech thing. <laughs> yeah, you know we're talking about Iola, 68 Charlie. So you know something like that. But we'll yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I uh, I would assume uh, that you can feel uh, you can feel forgiven. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, actually bounce out of the country here for just a minute. I'm just looking to see where we are in time. We're humming along. We're actually getting pretty close to where we should wrap this up. So uh, before we do, I'm going to throw out a, a couple of quickies up in Canada. Um, first and foremost is uh, Guelph Air Park. That's uh, Charlie November, Charlie 4. And that's the home of uh, a group of guys who were kind enough to adopt me many years ago. They, they're called the Tiger Boys. They collect and restore uh, tiger moths and uh, fleet finches and just about any uh, just about anything else that's old and cool that you might imagine. But their emphasis was on the on the moths. They have uh, one of two flying Thruxton jackaroos in the world. Um, and uh, talk about a place that's just one of those. 
terrific hangout spots. Um, I know it's coming, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit. As far as I know, it's active again. Uh, when I was out there, out there going out there really regularly about 10 years ago, there was a great restaurant on the field. Um, you had two uh, intersecting hard surface runways, nice big wide grass runway. Uh, and, you know, hangar after hangar after hangar full of restored airplanes or interesting projects. Uh, you know, there's a Yale, uh, a North American Yale gate guard, um, tiger moths buzzing around all the time. Uh, a little, uh, what, five, three eighths scale, something like that. Really small, a little uh, Hawker Hurricane replica that would go tearing around. Um, the uh, what's believed to be the oldest registered flying home build in Canada. It's a, a baby ace called Bits and Pieces, which our our EAA Canada newsletter is named in honor of. So it is uh, it is absolutely a slice of heaven. You get out there first thing in the morning and you fly all day and have fun. And then you clean the airplanes and the sun goes down and you have some you know, cook out some dinner, uh, watching that sunset. And then everybody gets in the car and you go to Timmy's, to Tim Hortons. And uh, everybody gets a, you know, gets a donut and a coffee and then, you know, go your separate ways and start all over again the next day. It is, uh, it's a slice of heaven. And, and flying out of there, um, uh, as I did several times, uh, you get to go to all kinds of cool places. Hamilton, Ontario, home of the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum. It's a big, busy airport, but it's, it's uh, easy enough to get in and out of uh, for a GA pilot. Um, and a great museum a flying museum with one of the two uh, flying Avril Lancasters in the world. Um, Toronto Island, we talked about Megsfield earlier. Toronto Island uh, is sort of Canada's Megsfields. Really, really similar setup. Nice little uh, uh, nice little island that's just attached, or not, actually not attached to the shoreline because you have to take the world's shortest regularly scheduled commercial ferry ride to get there. Uh, it's a 90-second boat trip. And it's the kind of thing where you look at it and you would swear if they just made the boat about twice as long, they would have a bridge and the boat wouldn't even have to move. But uh, terrific little spot. Um, one of my favorites was a place, I think it was called Arthur Aerodrome. We, we, I knew it sort of colloquially back then as Arthur East. When I look at it now, there's some specifically defined runways. But you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, I did my first Tiger Moth solo out of, this, uh, out of the Arthur East. And at that point, it was, it was an active glider port. And it was just a big grass square. So whatever you whatever you worried about, whatever you thought about with the wind, just don't sweat it. Just point into the wind. Take off and landing. <laughs> so uh, that was just an absolute dream. What a wonderful, gentle, wide open, huge patch of grass to uh, to get comfortable with a with a new airplane. That's awesome. Uh, it was uh, it was a ton of fun. So with that, guys, well, I, I'm looking at the clock and I've seen, uh, as usual, when we started, oh, can we fill the whole episode? And we've barely scratched the surface and suddenly it's been 40 some minutes. So we, uh, we ought to wrap this up. But uh, thanks, as always, to everybody out there for taking the time to listen, uh, for tuning in. Uh, thanks you uh, to all the uh, all the people who leave us reviews. Uh, reviews really really make our day and give us uh, terrific feedback. You can do those at at uh, iTunes uh, or wherever you consume your podcasts. You can also comment on the blog posts that go up uh, to house each episode at our hangar flying blog, inspire.ea.org. Uh, and you can also email us anytime, feedback at ea.org. Anything about the podcast uh, that comes in there finds its way to us. So we are uh, 
so grateful to uh, to all of you for spending the time with us, taking time out of your day to uh, to let us be part of your aviation lives. And we look forward to catching up to you next time when you're cleared to land on the Green Dot.